Hey, it's Sean Fennessy, one of the hosts of the Prestige TV podcast. HBO's Barry is back for a fourth and final season. And that means I'll be back recapping the show with co-creator and star Bill Hader to dive deep on the themes, scenes, and major moments in the series. Bill will provide insight into how every episode was made and why it's ending. New Prestige TV Barry recaps will go live every Sunday night when the episode ends. So make sure you're subscribed to the Prestige TV podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. Visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is a Friday edition of East Coast Bias, the final Friday edition of April 2023. What an insane NBA postseason. You know, in most years, Joe House, Raheem Palmer, we talk about the first round of the playoffs, and I ain't going to sugarcoat it. It can be a snooze fest. You get a lot of five-game series. You get a lot of four-game series. Well, this year, not only are you getting some lengthy series, you're also getting some chaos. You're getting some upheaval. And Raheem, we're living in a world where the title favorite from the beginning of the year, or at least going into the postseason, let me rephrase that, the title favorite going in to the beginning of the postseason, out in five games, losing to the Miami Heat. I'm still speechless by what I saw from the Milwaukee Bucks the other day, buddy. Yeah, I mean, it's completely speechless. I mean, anytime you have, you know, like people were saying Giannis Antetokounmpo was the best player in the league. And, you know, like... You look at a team with this much championship experience. I mean, they won the title two years ago. They got hurt last year. Like, people were expecting them to steamroll through the East. And that, like, it was anything but that. And they they looked scared down the stretch. So it was, like, absolutely appalling. And, you know, like, it's just one of the most stunning losses. I think this was the fourth biggest upset in the history of the NBA. So um, just shocking. Yeah, I, I will say this. I wish that... The heat, the heat rope adoped us. This is the problem, right? Because by vintage, they took care of the Bucks just as recently as 2020. You know, it was in the bubble, but they stared Giannis right in the face at the height of his powers and took him down. And really, it was like a reminder going through it of how much Spo, Spo owns 
Boonholzer. Now, I wish we had more opportunities for Spo to make, you know, Spo is is Bud's daddy, but Bud ain't going to be the head coach of the Bucks for much longer. I mean, that that is absolutely a certainty in this offseason. I don't see how the Bucks come back with Bud after that performance. But the thing with with Giannis is notwithstanding his com- comments in the in the press conference, this is legacy impairing from my perspective. In the same way that I will always when it comes to Kevin Durant and his status in the top 15 players in the history of the game, hold against him the fact that he was swept in a first-round series, a team where he played with his own chosen point guard, swept out of the first round, I will hold against Giannis not being able to get out of the first round in this. And, and you know, J- Jimmy Buckets is his daddy. So congrats to the Heat. And, you know, I, I said on the Bill Simmons podcast earlier this week, I, I used a bad word to describe the Bucks, but I think the Heat, when that all lined up, they were like, okay, we like this matchup. And they just went out and handled their business. It was extraordinary performances. Couple of things there. Budenholzer is a joke. I know he won a title. He's going to go down as one of the worst coaches to ever win an NBA title because I, my mind is still so flabbergasted. They get that tying bucket. You have a timeout in your back pocket. What in God's name are you doing saving that timeout? What are, you, what are you saving it for next season? That's number one. Number two, to not get a shot off and for Grayson Allen to be the guy with the ball in his hands, not shooting the ball when your season is on the line. If that's not a fireable offense, fellas, I don't know what is a fireable offense. And one thing, Raheem, I love Giannis, okay? He's, he's a gentleman. I think he's incredibly likable. I think he is very well-spoken and he's very eloquent. He's also dead freaking wrong, okay? This idea that I got to hear, oh, it's not a failure. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. It is a failure, bro. You're the number one seed. You lost in five games. You couldn't hit a free throw down a stretch. Please, it's a failure. I used to sit there and watch Derek Jeter for years. The Yankees would win 102 games. They might lose to somebody in the postseason. And because he won four out of five titles his first you know, couple of years in the big leagues, he'd be as honest and as candid, as refreshing as possible after these games. He'd say, hey, guess what? We're the Yankees. We don't win a title. Well, Giannis, I know you're not playing for the Yankees, but you are one of those NBA Cadillacs. You're a Porsche. You're a Lamborghini. You lose in the first round. Don't sit there and tell me it's not a failure. I don't care how well-spoken you may be. Raheem, that bothered me the other day. It's a failure, Giannis. Sorry, buddy. Failure. So, so, so I agree with you. It definitely is a failure. Um, you know, like, if Michael Jordan has said this or LeBron James has said this, we would be assassinating him. But when it comes to Giannis Antetokounmpo, I think this comes from a different perspective of he doesn't see it as a failure because of where he comes from. You, you're looking at a guy who, you know, he probably ate one meal a day and, you know, was struggling to survive. So this, from that perspective, I understand it. Now, I agree with you. Now, one thing I want to say about Giannis Antetokounmpo, I mean, this is a legacy-defining series. I mean, you know, when you have the double-digit lead in both Game 4 and Game 5, and you can't pull it off, and in, in fourth quarter and overtime, you were 3 for 12 from the field, 3 of 9 from the free throw line, 3 turnovers, a minus 18, and a 16-point blown lead to lose to the eighth seed, 
You know, I think the NBA has a way of auto-correcting things, you know, through these playoff series. You know, a couple years ago when Giannis had the 50-point triple-double in the NBA Finals, we thought he was untouchable. But it, it, it's it's appearing that, you know, that was the anomaly. Because when you look at Giannis's career in Milwaukee, it's very similar to Aaron Rodgers. All you see is just these playoff flameouts and the Bucks' offense struggling down the stretch. You know, Ryan Rasulu had a tweet. Drew Holiday made a three with seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. The Bucs made two field goals over the, next, over the next 11 minutes in fourth quarter of overtime. So, you know, Mike Budenholzer has to go, and there's going to be a, a lot of big changes with this roster. Yeah, I want to um, do a tiny bit of Giannis defense, if I may. He yeah. did suffer a back injury. And yeah. we really won't know the full extent of it until as the summer goes on. We'll get some news, I think, about. But but he he did step up. He did play. And I think he did his best to carry the team. The supporting cast was really the abomination for the Bucs as much as anything. Like, I, I mean, Giannis, his stat line, not with the turnovers and the missed free throws. The free throws are unacceptable. The house. Unacceptable. The unacceptable. The I know. I know. But... Where was the rest of these guys? Like, I think it's fair to to really cast a skeptical eye towards Middleton, who wants a big extension, towards Holiday. It hurts Holiday a little bit. I mean, Drew Holiday missed the free throw for them to go up three. And then, you know, one, you know, one thing I want to say is that you talked about the timeout after they tied the game. How about the possession before that when they almost threw the ball out of bounds? Mike Budenholzer didn't call a timeout to advance the ball up the court, and they throw the ball. They're fortunate that, you know, they reversed the the foul call. So it's just like everything went wrong. Because they were playing hot potato, Dream. It was hot potato supporting cast. Now, the the, the thing that, that is rich, and I love the point that JJ made about the NBA, it has this tendency to autocorrect. I think we have our answer to Drew Holiday making the All Star team over Jimmy Buckets. I mean, we have to, I think, think about Jimmy Buckets and the totality of his uh, assassin role. We we can't think about him as just based on whatever his regular season performance is because he's a different player in the playoffs. He he is, you know, the, the best underdog performer maybe in the history of the NBA. And scares the living daylights out of me as my beloved New York Knicks get ready for Sunday at 1 o'clock, which will bring me back to my childhood when I was cursing out Alonzo Mourning who I absolutely hate to this day. He is my number one most hated player in the NBA. I will never forget Jeff Van Gundy grabbing his leg. Like, this is so amazing, guys. We got so much to get to. We'll get to all three of these series. Heat Knicks, we know what it's going to be. Celtics 76ers, we know what it's going to be. Suns Nuggets, we know what it's going to be. But when we come back, we got two game sixes. Western Conference, Friday night. And I just think a Laker, Warrior, Two-team money line parlay seems way too good to be true. So who's got a better chance of screwing that up? We'll find out. I'll get the fellas' take on that. I got a thought as well. It's coming up. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was... A kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. 
but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. We got two game sixes, guys. And House, I know you well, man. Are you ready to fire a Laker <laughs> Warrior money line parlay? I know you're going to do it. It's it's reflex for me. It's the square action on the board. It's like a reflex. Like, oh, here it is. The fa- the two home favorites in 3-2. Yeah, I got it. I mean, you know, I haven't done it yet. I'll do it in some small increment. It won't even be a full unit. But I, ha- I mean, I have to be true to myself. I am who I am. Uh, you pose the question and I'm, you know, we're thinking it through who of the two might be the team that doesn't hold up their end of the bargain. I have been scouring the internet for Luke Kennard injury status. I really, because like, I'm prepared to fire on Memphis. I really have been impressed. Like this is their seasoning, you know, this, the playoff seasoning of these young guys and they found a rotation. I mean, Co- Coach Tyler's coming along a little bit. Like he, he, he really needs to fast forward, but they did find a small ball rotation that looked like it made a little bit of sense, but it all comes down. Kennard need they need Kennard minutes. They need his threat from three. If he is impaired in any way, shape, or form, I, I can't I can't jump on the Grizzlies. I think it's the Grizzlies. I'm going to be honest with you. When I look at that Kings-Warriors series, it just feels like the Warriors have figured the Kings out. I mean, DeMontis Simonis is absolutely struggling. Kevin Herter continues to struggle from three. And then De'Aaron Fox has that finger injury. And we all know the Golden State Warriors at home, they've been absolutely dominant. So... Like, it's tough to fade this Warriors team at home, despite the fact that all of these games have been close. Um, so I don't want to go that direction. When I wanna, when I look at this Lakers team, it almost just feels like they're out of gas at, at points. You know, LeBron James, I mean, he has the championship pedigree. I mean, this guy's probably the greatest of all time. But this is not the LeBron of old. And, you know, Dylan Brooks was right in that regard. And when I look at both of these two teams, they both struggle in the half court. And if the Lakers struggle in the half court again, it allows the Grizzlies to get out in transition and, and be able to push the pace and get easy baskets. And that's one thing that they can do with John Morant. So I think the Grizzlies have a better chance of getting an upset, but it's tough. Yeah, listen, I think Memphis is far more alive in the game. And you guys know this. I was on the Lakers to win this series minus one and a half. I'm on the Lakers for the series price. I am very nervous about the state of affairs, not just based upon what I saw in game five. Let's be honest, guys. Memphis had game four. 
Memphis, it was, it was right there for the taking. They just screwed up the final couple of minutes. So we're talking about a potential closeout game for the Memphis Grizzlies. I think that stinks tonight. The idea of a Laker Warrior money line. You know, not only did they have game. Not only did they have game four. Game one was swung by an epic performance by Austin Reeves Reeves and Hachimura. One hundred percent. So it was just those were the two swing games in this series, and you know the Lakers got both of them. So these teams are closer than it appears to be. And I have no interest in playing Sacramento. None. And House, I was rooting for him the other day. You know, they had the great first quarter. They just, they look like a team that is finally coming to grips with the fact that they're going to lose to the champs. That they gave a good fight, they gave a good effort, but they're going to lose to the champs. The funny thing is, in both instances, both of these teams deserve better than the draw that they got, right? It's, it's, it's a bummer that Memphis caught the Lakers, and it's a bummer that the Kings caught the Warriors because... As Steve Kerr said in, in, in the post-game presser, it's not really appropriate to, to measure this Warriors team by what they were doing in December and January, February. This is a different basketball team altogether. This is the championship DNA, and they found, you know, they got Wiggins back. Peyton looks healthy. Looney is doing his his thing. I mean, look, the, the, the 22 rebounds against the bonus. My goodness, come on, Looney. But this is the, the the real pedigreed champion, finally, that we've been sort of expecting. Even Draymond came alive. They were calling him Draymond Nowitzki. Uh, so I, I'm with you guys. I'm going to stay away from the spread. I don't like laying seven and a half, even though I can easily see Golden State. You know, it's another one of these Golden State third quarters at home where they rush out and score 38 points and hold the, uh, you know, hold the the, the, the um, Kings to 20-something. It's just a bummer for the Kings. I mean, the Fox finger, and and they started off, you know, we've been waiting for three-point shooting variants for that, that to correct for them, and they got it in the first quarter, and they were, they shoot eight for 12 in the first quarter from three, and they're two for 22 the whole rest of the game. Damn it, Kings. I wanted to light the beam. I love their story. I love where they're at, but they gone. Uh, well, it re- sure <laughs> looks like the Golden State Warriors not Larry Holmes status for him. Yeah, not Larry not Holmes all. status. <laughs> they are ready to roll, and I think they one win away from maybe extending this title defense at least maybe another couple of weeks. All right, Raheem, you have two games to work with, so it's not much of a card for Friday, but hey, no excuses. Not my issue, not my problem. It's 100 time, buddy. What do we got? It's the 100 presented by FanDuel. Head to FanDuel Sportsbook now to bet along with us all playoffs long. So, my pick for tonight is the Memphis Grizzlies' first half, plus two and a half, 110 to win 100. When you look at this Grizzlies team, they are 49 and 33 against the spread in the first half in the regular season, including four and one against the spread in the first half in this series. We saw the Grizzlies in this same spot one year ago, facing elimination on the road against the Warriors in the Western Conference semifinals. They failed to cover a seven and a half point underdogs for the full game. They lost 110-96. However, they covered the first half, losing 53-51. This is, you know, one of the best first half teams over the last two years. In that game, they remained competitive. They held leads, even had a lead in the third and the fourth quarter before totally collapsing. I kind of expect the same thing tonight. And you look at this Grizzlies team, I expect them to push the pace, get out of transition, get an early lead. So we go Memphis Grizzlies plus two and a half in the first half. 
Once again, it's the 100 brought to you by FanDuel. Check out their great same game parlay and same game parlay plus options, along with their awesome exclusive markets like first player to score 10 points, number of dunks, and the largest comeback. And make sure you take advantage of their great offers and boosts each and every night. So download the FanDuel app today and start making every moment more with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. 21 and up and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hope is here. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Call 1-877-8HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG. Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 if you're in Arizona. If you're in Connecticut, call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Kansas, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Louisiana, 1-877-770-STOP. Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Wyoming, 1-800-522-4700. Or if you're in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First half play, a desperate Memphis team, a Memphis team that could have and should have won game number four. So we'll see if Memphis has another big effort on the road. Good luck to that one, Dream. All right, let's come back. And do the three series that we know are lined up now for round number two. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, boys, we got three second round series that we know we're going to see. Uh, we got the Sixers and the Celtics. We got the Heat and the Knicks. We got the Suns and the Nuggets. Let's start with the one we're going to see Saturday night, House. It'll be Phoenix and Denver. Phoenix favored in this series despite the fact that they will not have home court advantage. Phoenix minus 136, Denver plus 116. We know Phoenix is unbelievably explosive. Devin Booker closed out that series so brilliantly. But Denver's got a lot of different ways to beat you. I think Denver getting a little disrespected here with this line. And this series line has come down a little bit. It opened at around 145. Now you've seen it in the 130 range. I think it's a must for the Nuggets to get game one. I think the Nuggets really need to defend their home court. And guys... I think the Nuggets are live in this series. I think they're getting incredibly disrespected for a number one seed. And this, to me, is where Phoenix can be pushed by the idea that they are playing a team that is cohesive, that has experience, that has been there the last couple of years. I'm saying it right out of the gate. I like the Nuggets to win this series going against the grain here. I think one of the other title favorites is out in the second round. House, Suns, Nuggets, what do we think? So, JJ, I'm on board with a lot of what you're selling here. Uh, and I have one particular way that I want to play that, which is I'm going to play the Suns to win game one because I don't think that it's super, super vital 
for the Nuggets to protect home court against this this Suns team. And I want the price that the Nuggets are going to get for the series after they lose game one. So I'm going to wait wow, after 650 game one. Wow, house. I'm looking right now on FanDuel. Suns to win game one, Nuggets to win a series is plus 650. Not too shabby. Yes, right. So th- this is like, I, I think the, ultimately the way this thing is going to play out, the depth of Denver will be the deciding factor. And I really think that the um, the the mismatch of Joker, the Joker, up against Aiton, the Leighton. I mean, he's going to be Leighton, the eggs out there. I, I I did a bad job with that. But you get the five that I'm trying <laughs> to deliver here. I, I It's a mismatch. And this is the series over which the minutes that the Suns accumulated because they had to play all their best guys all of that time because they're still trying to find out the identity of the team. So Monty Williams had every one of CP3 and Booker and Aiton and KD out there 44 minutes a game. And this is where it catches up with them because the, 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 the Nuggets can come at you a lot of different ways. Don't underestimate the impact of playing in that thin air up in Denver either. Right. I mean, if we, when you're putting max minutes on guys, even though those guys are all vets and know how to play in Denver, it's still a factor. So ultimately, I like the nuggets in this series and I want to catch the price after they lose game one, because I honestly think um, from the nuggets perspective, seeing this Suns team, this version of the Suns, they haven't seen it. It's a it's an unknown quantity for them and game planning against it is tough. So that that's my my, my sort of way I'm looking at this series dream. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you, but I think this is just this is really a tough series for you know numerous reasons. I think when you look at the fact that I mean, you mentioned that Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, they're playing 40, 40 plus minutes a game, and I just think that's going to have a huge impact on this team down the stretch. They don't have a ton of depth, and you know when I look at this Nuggets team, they have no hopes or prayers of defending them. I mean, like. They're going to put Jokic in the pick and roll and they're going to get wide open mid-range jump shots all day long. Now, when you look at the Nuggets, I expect the Nuggets to just, you know, shoot a ton of volume of threes. To me, this is an offensive series. And I think you're going to see both teams scoring at will. So I think you want to be looking at playing overs in this series. Mm. But one thing I will say, I think this is a long series. I, I just don't see this being a series where, you know, either team is just, you know, going to run run away with it. If I had to make a pick for this series, I would go over five and a half games minus 200. Um, I think you could take a flyer on this being a seven-game series at plus 185 just because I think this is going to be a back-and-forth series. I just think, you know, neither one of these teams is going to be able to stop each other. The Nuggets know they can't stop the Suns, so they're going to have to outscore them. And I think three-point variance is going to play a large role in some of these games. So let's go over five and a half games. Let's, you know, take a flyer on this series to go seven games at plus 185. Yeah, I think we get a seven-game series, and I'm rolling with the Nuggets to find a way to win this series in seven. All right, series number two. I'm going to go near and dear to your heart, Raheem, and it will save, in my humble opinion, my favorite series for last. But let's do the Celtics and your Philadelphia 76ers And you texted us last night the initial series price for this line. And my initial reaction was, that's too high for how they were pricing Boston. Uh, It has come down a little bit. I am seeing the Celtics now at minus 310 to go and win this series. Now, look, there's a major variable 
for your 76ers going into this? One that I don't have an answer for unless, Raheem, you're getting medical info that I'm not getting. I don't know if you have an answer for what's going on with the great Joel Embiid. So Celtics minus 310, Philly plus 250. Raheem, can your Sixers win this series, yeah or nay? Look, I mean, Joel Embiid has an LCL sprain, and it's looking like he's going to have to wear a brace. But we haven't gotten any updates. I mean, we, like we've heard practice updates with him, you know, riding a bike or something like that. But there hasn't been anything substantial to let us know how is he going to be. And I think that is priced into this line at, at minus three ten. It's saying that the Celtics have a seventy five percent chance of winning this series. And you know, when you look at how the Celtics have performed against the Sixers. Um, in recent memory, um, you know, I think this line might be a little bit short when you consider, you know, the Joe LMB injury and also the fact that James Harden is really struggling. I mean, I mentioned this before, you know, he shot just 34% from the field in, you know, their opening series. And then, you know, with less than five feet, you know, he's shooting five of 20, five to nine feet. He's always six. So, I mean, James Harden is really struggling. And, you know, I pulled some numbers on the Sixers starting lineup. And it's very concerning. The lineup of Harden, Maxi, Tucker, and B are being outscored by 10 points per one of possessions in the playoffs in a series against the Brooklyn Nets. And that's the Brooklyn Nets. So I, I really can't play the Sixers here. I think you want to wait and, you know, see what happens. I think you can, you know, the way I would approach this series, honestly, is to wait until the Sixers lose game one and then possibly game two and then come back and try to get the Sixers plus two and a half, plus three and a half um, on the series line. I think we just don't have enough information on MB to really make a decision right now. Yeah, this is the bummer of, of this series because everything was kind of lining up the Sixers way and it really would have would be a terrific narrative for them to finally vanquish the 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 the, the, the true villain in the franchise history, I think the, the, the Celtics and the Sixers have played each other in the playoffs more than any other franchises like in the history of the NBA. Something crazy like that, some stat like that. And the Celtics have had the, the better of it. I mean, the Sixers fans loathe Boston, and I know where it's coming from. But to, to me, the real concerning thing with, uh, in addition to Embiid, it, it is apparent that Harden's hurt. And Dream, you've been talking about it since he, he had the Achilles injury. You just went through the numbers. They they have no chance if, if Harden um, is incapacitated at all. And, you know, if even if you want to try and do some rose-colored glasses about Maxi, and Maxi has stepped up. I mean, I, I like playoff Maxi. There's really something um, to this young guy. The Celtics have every answer. They have every defender possible to slow down Maxi. They they have slowed down Maxi regular season and postseason. They're just very effective at it. So it's a bad matchup, and you just can't do anything with these Sixers. The one play I'm making right now is Celtics minus one and a half games at minus one twenty. I'm de- I'm just gonna play it. I feel you fine read with my it. mind, House. You read my mind. That's the play I have for this series. I don't see a seventh game. Um, you throw in the uncertainty with James Harden, the uncertainty with Joel Embiid, the fact that it's – and I know Missoula has driven our buddy, the podfather, to drink, and I can understand why. There's a lot of questions for him and whether or not he is a coach that can lead the Celtics to a championship, but it's Doc Rivers on the other sideline. And I think we all have a certain feeling for what you're going to get from Doc Rivers in a playoff series, and it's not feelings that make you feel – there, I say warm and cuddly. So I'm right there with you. 
I think this is a five, six game series max. I'm playing minus one and a half games. I, I got to ask you guys a question though. Is there anything in that in that Celtics Hawks game that I mean, series that brings you pause? Because I'm not going to lie to you. Like I wasn't impressed with the Celtics in that series. No, me neither. They, I thought they lacked the killer instinct. I thought the idea that they had to go and play game six on the road was not a good look for them. Uh, and listen, maybe it's a team that. As the playoffs go on, you know, maybe this coach settles in and maybe he gets more comfortable and maybe, you know, you're not going to see some of the mistakes that you saw early in this series house. But no, I don't think it was a good look at all for the Celtics. I mean, the fact that the fact that we had to sit there and watch a closed fourth quarter in a game six and you at least had to entertain the thought that maybe that could be a game seven. Yeah, I don't think that's a good reflection on them in the least. Dream's absolutely right. I think this team has been going through an identity crisis, small I, small C that really does emanate from um, Co- coach Joe and his ro- rotations. And, you know, at least once a week, they throw up a stinker and it's been going on for eight weeks now, at least once a week, they lose to a team. They have no business losing to. They show up unprepared mentally. Joe's Joe, coach. Joe does something crazy in the fourth quarter rotation wise. He, and, and he's, he still hasn't figured out, Derek White, Marcus Smart, it's driving the pod father and all of Celtics Nation absolutely bonkers with the rotation. So this is why, I mean, I, I can easily see the Sixers getting two games. I just can't come up with a scenario where they get more than that if Embiid's compromised in any way, shape, or form. You need a player like Trey on the other side of that Hawks game where he can't can, just comes out firing uh, and you know makes everything he sees, and that's how the Hawks you know pu- pulled off a couple of those wins. You know, the one thing I will say is that when you look at Jason Tatum and, you know, I know he's getting ready to be the guy, but he's not the guy yet. Um, You know, the Sixers have done a good job on him this season. You know, other than the opening night game where, you know, the Celtics blew out the Sixers, they've kind of held this guy down. When you look at, you know, the the final three games um, between the Sixers and the Celtics, he's averaging 16 points a game on 35% shooting. And we all know Tatum has these, you know, these bad shooting nights. And I think that's the one thing that's kind of encouraging for the Sixers. And the thing about the Sixers team is that I feel like this is the last stand. We've all heard the rumors of James Harden going to Houston this summer. They just hired Ime Udoka. Um, it, it just appears that James Harden kind of wants to go back to Houston for, you know, for lifestyle reasons. So this feels like the last iteration of this particular Sixers team. And, you know, very similar to the Milwaukee Bucks. It wouldn't surprise me if Joel Embiid, if they lost this series in, you know, devastating fashion, he demanded a trade. So I think you're going to see a prime effort from the Sixers team. And I think it's going to be closer than what people think. I think the Sixers are going to, I mean, they had some rest. I think this is going to be a close series in some ways, but I just still got to wait on that news on Embiid. Okay, boys. Last but not least, it's bringing me back to the 90s. It's bringing me back to Riley and Van Gundy. And I I don't care what the new age NBA person is going to tell me. There was nothing more beautiful house than a Nick Heat, best of seven, rock'em, sock'em, grind it out, 75-70 game. I was at Madison Square Garden when Anthony Carter hit a shot over the backboard that went in in game three in 2000. Uh, I, I was as angry as a kid leaving that arena as I was from a giddy standpoint when LJ hit the four-point play against Indiana. So this is just like full circle for me. The Knicks win a playoff series for the first time in a decade. 
But how's, you know, I thought if the Knicks won against Cleveland, I would go into the second round saying, hey, amazing season. I'm so happy to be here. I don't care what happens around two. But then the Heat go and beat the Bucs. I didn't think we'd be living in a world where the New York Knicks are favored now to go and win this series against Miami. The Heat of Cockroaches. Butler scares the crap out of me. And unlike the last series, he's the best player in this series. Donovan Mitchell was not the best player in series number one. Jalen Brunson was. That is not the case here in series two because Jimmy Butler's got cojones. Jimmy Butler has chutzpah. Jimmy Butler hits big shots. The rest of the heat, they'll leave a lot to be desired. I'm going to go last on this. I'm going to let you guys dive in. House, heat Knicks, Randall uncertainty, old school, can't get enough. Who do we like, sir? Yeah, you know, it's really old school, too, because of the composition of these teams. I mean, those old series were fistfights. I expect the same kind of thing here. It's it's a it's a toughness battle, really. And these are two super tough teams, mentally tough, physically tough. Now, I, on paper, am prepared to head in the direction of the Knicks. And it's not a super edge. It's a slight edge, but they're deeper. They have a better bench. Their bench was a difference in the Cleveland series. I think their bench will be the difference in this series. But man, I'm not going to uh, say that the, the Caleb Martin's going to be a bum in this thing, or that that Max Truce is going to be a bum in this thing, or that you know Gabe Vincent's going to be a bum. They do. Those guys just kept kept on coming. Down 16 in the fourth quarter on the road at the Bucks. Watch this! Bang, 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 bang. And look, so I, you, I respect everything about the Heat. I mean, Jimmy Buckets going up against Tibbs. Don't forget, Tibbs and Great Buckets had line. their moment, right? How about that? Uh, I think it's a knock em, sock em, rock em, robot series. I like the Knicks winning in seven. That price is, I think, plus 340, something like that. But I just, I'm here for the grind. I think it's going to be a, a really wonderful throwback kind of series. I think this series is really tough. Um, this is probably the toughest series out of all of them um, for various reasons. When you look at the Knicks, I mean, they are just 18th in effective field goal percentage amongst all NBA teams who made either the postseason or the play-in tournament. This is not a good offense. Um, this is an offense that is surviving based on offensive rebounds. So if they can get offensive rebounds, they have an edge. Um, but I'm not sure if they're going to be able to get those same offensive rebounds they got against the Cavs against the Miami Heat. I mean, the Miami Heat aren't a, a piss-poor defensive rebounding team. When you look at this Heat team, they can make threes. Um, if they're going to make 45% of their threes or, you know, 70% of their threes, nobody is beating this team. Um, it could, You know, whether that's the Phoenix Suns, whether, whether that's the, the New York Knicks. So I think what it comes down to is that the Miami Heat, they have Eric Spolstra and they have Jimmy Butler. That's what it comes down to. If this is a close series like we think it is going to be, can the Knicks overcome that? And I'm not sure they can. So I lean towards the Heat, but I think the Knicks have so much depth. I want to know the status on Julius Randle. I want to know the status on, on Grimes. Um, without the status on those two, I can't really make a real decision at this point in time. Um, the Knicks are minus 158. I think that is a little bit high. You know, the Heat are at plus 134, but I'm going to wait this one out. Can understand that. And I think you bring up excellent points about Randall. They're going to need his offense. And he frustrates me. And I know at times he was terrible in the last series against Cleveland. 
But they're going to need his offense. And he had some monster games against Miami. Had a game-winning three. If you go back to earlier in the regular season, one of the nuttier finishes you'll see to a game this year. They need his offense. And I think they need Grimes to be another body that they can throw at Jimmy Butler. I want to throw this at you guys. The Knicks have never won a playoff series when they have lost game one at home. Never. So... That is something I'm keeping an eye on in this series. So I'm with you, Raheem. I'm not willing to lay 158 or whatever that series price might be. When FanDuel drops these, and they don't have a number on it yet, but I will be playing it. I will be taking the Knicks to win game one, and I will be taking the Knicks to win the series. That is how I'm going to play this because I'm going to let history be my uh, my god on this one. I think if the Knicks lose game one, history kind of tells us not looking good for their chances. But I do think we have a lengthy series. And I think this is going to be just absolutely fantastic. Heat Knicks, throwback every which way. Boys, second round. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. These series are really good. We'll have a lot more game ones to dissect. Plus, we will have an SGP for Laker Grizzly. Game six. You want to check that out on FanDuel Sportsbook. For House, Raheem. Good job by the Wargon Warrior. JJ, signing off. Enjoy your weekend. Be good, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like Ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.